0: Welcome to Leadership Dialogues, a podcast for the greater New Orleans region. Leadership Dialogues is produced by the New Orleans Regional Leadership Institute, a nonprofit which provides a variety of nonpartisan platforms to inspire and engage business and community leaders in the greater New Orleans region. Thanks for joining us. My name is Stephen Ruther, and I'm the executive director of New Orleans. Every year, we open up applications for our regional leadership program, and our regional leadership program is the flagship program for the New Orleans Regional Leadership Institute. Uh, This year is actually a very special year as we celebrate our 20th anniversary of the program and uh, certainly celebrate all the classes who have graduated starting in the very first year in 2000. Uh, This program has really become an important and integral part of the fabric of the leadership community, business community, nonprofit community uh, within the greater New Orleans region and we're really proud of the accomplishments that we've had uh, over the time that we've run the program. I wanted to dedicate today's episode to digging a little bit deeper about the program and uh, specifically talking with one of our board members who serves as the chair of the recruitment committee for the regional leadership program. We are currently accepting applications until July 31st of 2020 and then, obviously, we'll begin again this process next year as we recruit for the following class. But the class this year will run from November of 2020 until July of 2021. So we hope you'll take a few minutes today to listen to our podcast, as well as visit our website, norley.org, to learn a little bit more about the program and to consider putting in an application to uh, participate in the program for the class of 2021. In this episode, I have a great conversation with Eric Caulfield, who, as I previously mentioned, serves not only on the Norley Board of Directors, but also serves as our chair of recruitment for the Regional Leadership Program. Eric is the founder and president of the Caulfield Consulting Group, and before founding his business, he served as the New Orleans team lead for the Obama White House's Strong Cities, Strong Communities Initiative, which was a new partnership between the federal government and several cities across the country. Embedded in the mayor's office in New Orleans and based locally out of the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development, he coordinated an interagency team with representatives from 14 federal agencies that work closely with the mayor's office on a variety of initiatives. Prior to that role and moving to New Orleans, he was appointed by President Barack Obama to serve as a White House fellow working at the White House Domestic Policy Council. And even prior to his federal service, he was the chief policy advisor to former Newark, New Jersey, Mayor Cory Booker. Before entering government service, he worked in management consulting as an associate at McKinsey & Company, where he focused on process design and public sector-related projects. Eric currently serves on the city's Economic Development Board of Directors, which is known as the New Orleans Business Alliance, He also serves on Norley's Board of Directors, and he recently concluded his term as the 125th president of MIT's Alumni Association. In this role, he represented the university's 138,000 alumni and rejoins MIT's Board of Trustees. For his work in the city, Eric has been featured on Gambit Magazine's list of 40 under 40, given the New Orleans Regional Leadership Institute's Award for Outstanding Contribution to Public Policy, and was selected to serve as Director of Policy Development for New Orleans Mayor Latoya Cantrell's transition team. He received a PhD in MS in Electrical Engineering and Computer Science from MIT and a BS Phi Beta Kappa in Physics and Mathematics from Morehouse College. We hope you enjoy our conversation about the Norley experience and the process of applying for the class of 2021. All right. Well, thank you, Eric, so much for joining us here today. Uh, Eric has really been uh, a really key component of our board of directors and more specifically in the process of us developing and curating our regional leadership program classes. Uh, And he served in the role as the chair of the recruitment committee for a number of years now, uh, going back to probably around 2015, 2016. Uh, So we're really excited to talk to Eric about his Norley experience and his uh, involvement in helping us to build out uh, well-rounded and diverse classes to be able to tackle and discuss some of the key issues in the greater New Orleans region. So Eric, before we get too far into this, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and the work that you do? So first, I
1: I just want to say how absolutely excited uh, I am uh, to be here. Thank you for the invitation to come and participate. I always Love an opportunity to come and talk about Norley, Um, and and we'll talk more about uh, how that happens. I imagine that there are a lot of alums who would would love to have an opportunity to come. Uh, So I just wanted to say, uh, start by saying that. Um, So, again, um, Eric Caulfield, uh, the founder and president of the Caulfield Consulting Group, which is a local consulting company uh, which does general management consulting. A lot of our clients are are governments, so there's policy work It's done. We also work with nonprofits and for-profit private companies as well. Um, So, it's everything from strategic planning to uh, business modeling, uh, financial modeling, community engagement, a lot of meeting facilitation uh, kind of work. Uh, And so professionally, that's what I do. In addition to uh, volunteering and working with Norley, um, I'm very active um, in the MIT Alumni Association. I just finished up my term as the 125th president of the association a couple of weeks ago. Um, And we'll be continuing on the association board as well as the, uh, the university's board for a five-year term. And so in addition uh, to stuff that I do with my neighborhood association, Fulbright St. John, uh, which I wish I had more time to be more active there, uh, and also on the city's uh, economic development, um, New Orleans Business Alliance uh, board. And so very active uh, here in New Orleans. Um, It's a great community. I'm just happy to be a part of it, excited
0: to do it. That's incredible. That's no shortage of uh, professional and personal responsibilities. So obviously, we're a leadership organization. And so part of our conversation today (laughs) is going to talk about our program and um, about how people can get involved and and what they can expect. But um, I think one of the most important questions, and everybody has a different take on it, is um, how do you define leadership? What does it mean to you? So I'd love to hear from you, how do you define leadership? What does it mean to you? Well, And and it's a good question. And
1: I think the the way that you framed it is exactly right, right? Like, how is it defined to each person? To me, uh, what leadership fundamentally means, it is a form of service by which one is able to help folks get in touch um, with their innate potential, uh, their desires, their drives, um, their passions, and to galvanize them around a common cause. Uh, and so in a real sense, uh, leadership is, is first and foremost service, is service, like At least the way that I think about it. Um, my first leadership experiences were, were in the church uh, growing up in, in Baton Rouge, uh, Louisiana, and in Boy Scouts. Uh, and at the end of the day, it's all about, you know, what you're doing for your community or the people who have been placed in your charge and for
0: whom you're responsible. That to me is what leadership uh, is really about, is first and foremost is service. I think that's a great response, and I think that feeds really well, quite frankly, and it probably explains your love of Norley. Um, (laughs) It really fits in well with uh, what we do as the New Orleans Regional Leadership Institute. So much of what we focus on is building relationships and collaborating across certainly uh, geographic lines, political lines, and allow individuals to come together, have a shared vision, have a shared concept for uh, what they want the future of Southeast Louisiana to look like. Again, I love that word: galvanize. Bring people together to to share those ideas and uh, be able, to hopefully, make headway on them. So I know you you graduated from Norley in twenty fourteen, which yes, I think is uh, either the best class or the most popular class or the best looking class or uh, <laughs> uh, definitely <clears throat> one of those. But um, I, I, I think it. that the
1: the official, the official and adopted by broad broad and deep consensus is that the class of 2014, undisputedly, is the best liked class of Norley.
0: Best like I knew I knew it was one of those. <laughs> um, I'd love to know, how do you first hear about Norley? Because obviously only in the last few years we've become an independent organization. Yeah. And so much of it in the early days, and I say the early days, but just a few years ago, um, was really a grassroots effort, uh, word of mouth, and um, just hearing about it from peers and colleagues who have gone through the program. So I'd love to hear how uh, you first found out about Norley, and what made you uh, decide to be a part of the program and to go through the regional leadership program?
1: Yeah, and I mean that—it's uh, exactly what you said. You know, when I first was, I just moved to New Orleans. I'd only been in in town for maybe a couple of years at that point, point. Um, and I was looking to get more involved uh, in community to meet more folks. And uh, one, an alum, Allen Square, and a number of others that I'd run into when I'd asked, I was like, hey, I'm looking to learn more about kind of what's going on in the city and what do you think? And so Norly kept coming up over and over again. And I was like, I got to I gotta find out what this Norley is. And then I found out it was more than that. Norley, in and of itself wasn't just an, a word. <laughs> it was actually an acronym for a program. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so that's how I found out uh, about it was really just, you know, running into uh, um, alums who, who had uh, been in the program uh, and like me had had a great experience and they were like, like this is you really need to do this it's going to be a great experience in which i found it to be
0: well and i know from our conversations that was around the same time that you launched your own consulting that's company. right that's right so that's right were there positive benefits in terms of being associated and going through norley uh with with also launching your business at the same time
1: oh yeah absolutely um the, the two are, are directly tied and this can go on and on about uh the benefits professionally of it but literally um, one of the very first contracts that I got when I started my business, and it actually would have been either the first or second contract that I got, was from a fellow alum who I met on at the opening retreat. Now, I know there's a story about that that I'll tell you, but literally, that's how it started for me, um, was when I started my business, this person came and said, hey, you know, I understand you do consulting, and you know, we talked about it, and he's like, do you do this? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, well, we'd like to hire you, essentially, is how the conversation went. And it just happened just that quickly Um, and ended up being a great client throughout um, the early years of my business. And so it's been, you know, tremendously uh, helpful in that way.
0: And in a similar, but, you know, certainly different way because we have different career paths. I went through the program in 2011 and um, I wish I had the opportunity to go through it and participate as an active participant, not as the executive director at this point in my life, because I've learned so much since then and I've met so many people, I think I could really engage at a deeper level in some of the conversations. But even at that point, I was relatively uh, early, early, mid career. And for me, it opened up so many different opportunities and um, built so many relationships. And just from a regional perspective, allowed me to connect with individuals from St. Tammany or the river parishes or wherever that I never would have interacted with them otherwise. So I was super appreciative of the opportunity and it was um, very beneficial for me. So one thing, uh, and you know this, we talk to Norley alums all the time. Everybody talks about their Norley experience, and they, they come back with these great memories from the opening retreat or closing retreat or friends that they've made. And so I'd love to hear uh, about your best memory from your Norley experience in your Norley class. Uh,
1: it, it actually ties into the, the question that you just asked about uh, professionally. The, the one that sticks out most for me was actually at the opening retreat the first night. Right, so we weren't even, you know, we were a class and we had seen each other, but we hadn't really even had our first official session yet. I don't think, and you know, everybody was there for kind of a cocktail hour and everybody was around, and then there was kind of the dinner, as I recall it, and then that was actually winding down. You know, most of the people had left, and there's a little group that had kind of filtered in and, and consolidated in one table. The bartender had even left at this point, but there was a small group that just were just enthralled in this conversation. And at that table really was the face of Norley. It was literally every kind of diversity, almost, um, that you could have. You had folks who were in their early 20s all the way to their their mid-50s. Obviously, there were men and women, Black, white, Latina, biracial, um, of all different kinds of backgrounds. And in that one conversation that we had, which was actually about race, Um, Now, I'm a policy person. I've been doing policy for years and years and had been at that point. And so obviously race was something which was very important uh, to me personally. It's something that I had thought about. It was a part of my work. Uh, And so I thought I had 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 many conversations and had heard most of what would be said about it. But in that moment, with that group of people, with that diverse group of, uh, of people, we had one of the most transformative conversations about race to me because it was honest. Right? You had you know uh, folks who were so different, who had had completely different life experiences. But there was an honesty and an earnesty about that conversation from those different perspectives, where people really said what they felt about the issue. But because of, of just the dynamics of the people, it was a respectful conversation at the same time. And so you got to hear uh, really how people felt and thought about this very important thing, which I think impacts us all in one way or another. And so but at that table, apart from just that experience, for me, one of my best friends uh, to this day, personal friends was at that table. We became Mardi Gras buddies uh, for years. And and every year at Chewbacca's and at Endymion, uh, we were going to be on the same corner, the same group of people. I got a chance to know his family, his wife. She makes awesome gumbo. um, And they have a rabbit. His name is Sparta. He's awesome. Um, and I remember him from when he was a little bitty bunny, when he was, when he was a baby. He, I think he was born during, uh, they got him during uh early year. A personal friend, the person who gave me the first contract when I started my business, he was also at that table the first day. When I ran for office a number of years later, a person who was at the table, uh, who was on the other end of the political spectrum, um, a very con- uh, conservative person, and, and actually from, I don't think we were even from the same uh, party. When I ran, he donated to my campaign and was generously in doing so. And all of that came from that one table at the very beginning of the program. And so for me, no matter how you slice it personally, professionally, in my paid job, volunteer work that I wanted to do, and all of that at that table um, was a positive, uh, supportive, and and support that I got uh, from Norley at that very beginning. And so even though that's the high watermark, you could say, well, you know, what could get better after that, right? <laughs> but it did, um, and there was more of that that happened throughout the year, which is why I think a lot of us who are alums feel so strongly about Norley because we had experiences like that which are not unique, at least not within the context of the program. And so th- there were many other things that happened that weekend which were also great, but I suppose that for another, t- uh, another podcast.
0: We always get questions about at what point in your career should you uh, kind of step into participating in Norley? You know, is it designed for young professionals? Is it designed for established professionals or leaders who have already made major contributions within the region? And I think one of the things that makes us unique is that we embrace individuals no matter where they are on that leadership continuum. And it's certainly my philosophy and the organization's philosophy that uh, you have just as much to learn and benefit um as someone maybe in your mid to late 20s and just kind of starting off your career and starting to become civically involved as does someone who's maybe uh, at the tail end of their career and mm-hmm. has had uh opportunities to make innumerable contributions to the region to their community to their neighborhood whatever the case might be and i think the fact that we can bring together those individuals very much the same way like you talked yeah. about with your table at the end of the night There's so much power in that. And we talk about this all the time, but we truly do value our diversity, not just race, gender, and ethnicity, but also geography, because we do represent 10 parishes across industries. It's important to us that we have a variety of individuals who work in different sectors and different parts of the community and in public service and in the private sector, because as much as an individual might learn from the speakers and the presentations that they have in a session day or throughout our program... They really learn just as much from each other because all of your fellow classmates are experts and really provide great insights from their own perspective and their own experiences. And I I think again, Norley, we've been able to really provide a great platform, a nonpartisan platform where individuals can come to that proverbial table, or in your case, a literal table, and have an open, honest conversation, have that trust and confidence that, you know, we can have a good conversation and make the right kind of assumptions about everybody and that everybody's there to learn and to grow, uh, certainly professionally, but also personally.
1: So yeah, I'm really glad uh, that you just made that point. Because when you think about the power of the program, the speakers are excellent, the content is great. But you have a lot of folks who are experts in the room who are in your class. um, And they're going to bring a perspective, again, regardless of where you are in your career, where you can have a chance. Uh, to learn something and one of the the most powerful parts of it is the fact that everyone who's there you hope they say something right because that perspective that that diversity is not just some latent kind of passive thing the beauty of it is you get to hear from folks who have a different experience than you do Uh, at the opening retreat there's an exercise that you do where they ask a series of questions and folks um, essentially respond to them in various different ways which really gets a chance to say, wow, I didn't know. Now I know someone who has had that direct experience. Like I see them, I can talk to them about it. Um, I know that this, it's not just something either that I've seen on television or heard about or it's some abstract idea. I now know someone who has either done this or experienced this thing, which is powerful. And so that's another aspect of the program that I just found to be um, something which is really beneficial and again, that's independent of where you are in your specific career trajectory or uh, journey. If you
0: will. Uh, obviously, you had some great alumni, including Allen Square and some other folks who had recommended the program to you. Did you have any expectations going into the program and how did it meet your expectations? You know, I think I
1: expected to be able to to hang out with some folks and, you know, kind of learn some new things topically The to, the agenda items or kind of the curricula, if you will, was very interesting. And I expected to go and, and maybe meet some folks and make some connections and kind of learn about these policy areas. And that was kind of the expectation that I had, which was more of a cerebral kind of, you know, let's go and, and you know. But what, what I was shocked by is just, again, the emotional punch that you get in being a part of it. Uh, it really is infectious. Once you've had the experience, even if it's just learning this new language around emergenetics, right? Is one of the, you know, to be able to say to one of your classmates, oh, that makes perfect sense because you know that person is actually half blue and half red uh, and they've got a little bit of yellow. So it makes sense that 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 and so I understand now. Or I'm I'm blue and red dominant and 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 I have this other little part. And so even just having that common language around how you describe things and how you think about and relate to things was surprising uh, to me and when you run into folks who are also a part of the program specifically people who haven't been in the program and you're telling them about it it's amazing how quickly you slip into proselytizing right it's not just you should consider this gnarly thing it'll i think it will be beneficial for you no you need to do gnarly it's going to be awesome <laughs> and, and and i think that's something which i think was surprising uh when it was over and how deeply that runs with so many other folks uh, who are in your classes and and again you know, there are classmates of ours who have had kids and weddings, uh, and we've all, you know, have all gone through that together And um, other, you know, both good times um, and, and in challenges as well. And, and it's amazing just how quickly those bonds form and how long they last.
0: I think another really interesting thing or an exciting thing that I discovered after I went through the program is once you go through it and then you start interacting in a more proactive way because Norley gets you excited about these topics and you start volunteering for boards and committees and things like that, um, is that you run into Norley alumni everywhere, just everywhere. And, um, you know, I've often said uh, New Orleans and by extension the region, I think the region's 1.3 million uh, individuals or so, give or take, We're either the smallest big city or the biggest small city Uh, out there. But whatever it is, everybody seems to have a very close connection and um, seems to be able to, at least in the professional realm, interact and and run into one another uh, on a very consistent basis. And once you've gone through the Norley program, you're constantly in meetings with other alums and you have this sort of shared recognition of understanding what that program is and what that experience was like. And, um, you know, having some faith and confidence that this is someone that you can uh, trust their involvement in the community and that you can feel really good about them being a thought leader, and expert in whatever field they're representing themselves uh, for. As you know, because you are the chair of our recruitment committee process of uh, uh, we're in the process of taking in applications um, up until July 31st. So I kind of wanted to pivot the conversation a little bit to talking about that process and not just talking about the experience Why don't you talk a little bit about some of the info sessions that we've had and maybe talk about the structure of the program itself, if you're comfortable with that. So we've been doing a a series of information sessions
1: where potential applicants can can join. Uh, They can hear from the executive staff. And I'm just going to pause to give a, a little bit of a commercial and a shout out to the executive director and to Ashley, who are a a tremendous team. And over the last several years, the program has just exploded in terms of the offerings that we have. We're talking about the the main um, leadership program, uh, but there are a number of other ones, too. And I just wanted to to give credit uh, to the professional staff for building that out over the last years. It really has enhanced the program. But for, for the leadership program, uh, we've been having information sessions. Folks can dial in and hear from alums who've been through the program as well as find out about it. Um, it's a nine month experience, which is going to be starting in mid November this year. Uh, once a month, uh, there's an all day program which is dedicated to a number of, of specific topics around whether it's uh, public safety or whether it's uh, diversity, equity, inclusion, healthcare, education, a number of different ones. And you have experts from the region who are the leaders, uh, whether elected, appointed, or, or industry leaders on those particular topics to come and to present and to have a robust and engaging dialogue uh, with the class. What often happens is that even in between those, uh, classmates will often organize separate conversations or organize uh, follow-up conversations either with those speakers or other ones to find out more about that topic. I know our class did, um, and some of my uh, most fondest memories and actually growth in terms of policy understanding of of issues here came from those additional conversations as well as the ones in person. Uh, And so each uh, over a nine-month period, they'll have uh, those discussions. Uh, That program is actually bookended by a kickoff retreat, which starts uh, at the beginning, which is two days. Uh, Again, seminal, uh, some of my greatest memories were from from the starting retreat, uh, as well as a closing retreat where it's kind of a graduation ceremony uh, for the class as well, which happens at the end. And so that's the, uh, the, the overall large structure of the program. And within it, even though on paper uh, it seems to be a very, you know, it's this and this and this, the magic is really what happens uh, during and in between. I know oftentimes classmates after the sessions all day would decide, well, we're not ready to go home yet. So I missed y'all from last month. So, we're going to go to happy hour or we're going to go to dinner. Um, and so that would often happen spontaneously. And sometimes the groups we meet. And especially right after the program is over, classes tend to, to keep the, the meetings uh, going
0: afterwards in terms of just meeting up informally. You know, going back to the individual sessions, we do some pretty deep dives to the best of our abilities, certainly in terms of what you can fit into the course of one day about those topics. You mentioned public policy, healthcare, education. Uh, environment, sustainability, economic development, um, number of different topics. And I think the only way that as a group we can really have coherent conversations around some of these topics are by siloing them in that way uh, into one session. But I think one thing that we do really well as well is we try to tie together all of those different independent days um, with common threads and common concepts because Certainly, you can't talk about economic development without talking about workforce development, without talking about education, right? There's all this different interplay between all these issues and all these topics. And while it's important to recognize and spend time talking about each individual issue, it's equally important to understand how it's threaded with all those other topics and how they are all really contingent upon outcomes and and policy decisions made in other places as well. And so I think that's one of the things that over the nine months, it's a pretty large commitment of time, but it's really the only way to understand some of the more nuanced issues that we face and understand how they truly affect one another. So I think that that's something that we do really well and that I always get excited about every year because, again, you're in a classroom full of people who are experts and... um, They're able to draw together concepts that I personally, as an individual, no matter how well read and how well informed I am, I may not be able to understand that connection between education and the environment and whatever else. And yet the individuals in the room are able to do that and are able to get more out of our speakers as well. Building upon what you said, uh, and I appreciate the kudos and kind words about the work that uh, myself and Ashley Allen, our program and office manager, have done, but one of the big things that we've tried to do over the last few years is our cornerstone, our flagship program is the regional leadership program. But we want to continue to provide opportunities so that as you go through the program and you graduate, you can continue to be involved, be an active part of Norley, continue to grow your professional and personal skill set, and um, certainly stay uh, up to date on the topics and issues as they evolve and change over time. And then the other thing that we wanted to do, because there is a cost to participating in in the program, we wanted to make sure that individuals would have accessibility to be able to participate in Norley programs and get to know us and learn a little bit more uh, perhaps, maybe before making that investment, or if they apply and they get waitlisted for a year or two, um, so that they can start to uh, truly build up their skill set and understand the issues at a much deeper level and be really fantastic contributors once they are involved in the program. And so, on that note, let's discuss that process a little bit uh, because every year we receive a ton of applications and we have a, a committee, a selection committee that keeps that information private. Um, But if you could, let's talk about the applications a little bit, what individuals should expect in that process and what that means for them and for their involvement in the program.
1: You know, there's an application uh, which can be filled out online, you know, applicants are asked to give uh, two references. So ideally one of them would be a supervisor or, or, you know, someone uh, who's your boss in your current role or or in a previous one. Uh, If you own your own company uh, like I do, you know, a letter from your boss, if you're the boss, <laughs> probably be less useful. So uh, someone who can speak to your professional uh, kind of, of, of accomplishments and, and work uh, will be important, as well as having someone in community or, or some other uh, kind of engagement, uh, letter would also be important. As uh, Stephen, as you mentioned before, we're looking for a diversity of, of all different kinds. Um, and as we think about uh, constituting a class, you know, from that, we're looking uh, to build it along many different ways. So not just what industry you come from, not just gender, uh, not just geography, um, many different ways of balancing it. Again, uh, what we're trying to build through the application process is a wonderful experience for for the folks who are in the class. Sometimes um, because we get uh, more applications uh, than uh, we have spots available, um, we're not every, able to take everyone, admit everyone this year to, to a class. Uh, but that does not say anything at all about the qualifications of those who aren't selected for any given year. Again, because we have to build a class that, that has balance, we you know, weigh the, the applications, we look at the pool, and then we try and build a class uh, from there. The, as we said before, the applications are going to be due uh, in July uh, 31st of this year, uh, and then there's a, a separate selection committee that will be uh, looking and, and doing and uh, compiling the class after that.
0: Excellent. This has been an interesting year for recruitment, and this is no secret that we've changed our dates as a lot of organizations have just on account of coronavirus and obviously the massive displacement of so many of sort of uh, work calendars and agendas and things that we work through. And so in recognition of that, every year we offer tuition assistance because we know that the program, while it's an honor and an opportunity to be able to participate, it can certainly uh, be a cost or an obstacle for some individuals to be able to participate. And if you're truly uh, making a difference in whatever realm that you're operating, we want to be able to give you an opportunity to participate. So we've actually increased our tuition assistance this year. So I would encourage if anyone out there is interested in applying to the program, don't let the cost be a barrier or a disincentive for applying. Uh, it's certainly something that uh, we are cognizant of this year, especially in a year where uh, we're facing so many uh, challenges nationally. And so we'll, we'll do our best on end to make sure that we curate and build out a truly phenomenal class um, that'll challenge you and help you to grow, again, professionally and uh, personally. Just to piggyback on what you were saying
1: about uh, tuition assistance, you know that could come in the form of some supplemental uh, funding to help offset the cost, or uh, there are also payment plans that, that folks can get on um, if they you know want to spread out how they are, are paying uh, their tuition. Um, the main thing is to lower the barrier to entry as much as we can because we're most interested in, in getting really good folks in, and want to minimize the, the impact that's tuition, which is, which is a necessary component of it. Uh, is uh, one thing which we didn't say earlier was that ideally our classes usually range between uh, 40 and 50 per class, uh, and so which we found that that uh, group is is large enough to where we can get a really good robust uh, conversation going, but also that it's it's small enough to where everyone can have a chance to really get to know each other um, and to have uh, some good, uh, media and substantive conversations, and that that's. Uh, we we found that to be true for many uh, other organizations nationally, that that seems to be about the right magic window in terms of the size of the class.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So as we uh, wind on down here, I know you talked about one of your first professional contracts coming from a classmate and certainly it helped um, and came at an important time in your life and your career when you were building your business. But would you say Norley has made you a better leader and, and continues to do that for you?
1: Uh, absolutely, uh, and you—you you
0: referenced this earlier.
1: You run into Norley alums all over the place. If you look at, you know, folks who are elected officials in our city and in the surrounding parishes, many of them are Norley alums. The heads of many of the major banks in the area are Norley alums. The heads of the chambers uh, for many different cities are also uh, Norley alums, and uh, you know, the heads of business organizations, law firms, all Norley alums. Nonprofit leaders, all Norley alums. Uh, And so in that sense, you know, that commonality of experience, uh, I think, has helped tremendously. Uh, There's one uh, example that I did want to give as well about an experience that we had, which I think informs how I think about policy, even today. Uh, It was the uh, safety and and criminal justice uh, session. And uh, the warden from Angola had come to speak to our class, and people had very strong feelings about this issue for many reasons, and it's and, and it's actually appropriate as I think about the, some of the conversations that are happening nationally now. Um, but he had, had made his presentation and many of the people in the room just kind of either at one point were rolling their eyes or just had their arms crossed. And when it was over, I sat and I was sitting next to a woman next to me and I kind of looked over to and, and I'd imagined that I understood kind of what she thought about this. And I said, well, what did you think? And I was, and she said, well, yeah, what he said is absolutely right. And I, w- I was surprised um, because I would not have thought that she would have had, you know, that particular. And what she said was, well, my uncle uh, was, in he's in Angola, and everything that he said about that is true. And so what ends up happening shortly after that, one of our classmates organized uh, a trip to go and have a private tour of Angola. And so many folks had never been to a prison. Certainly, I grew up in Baton Rouge. I'd heard about Angola my whole life. My impression of what the place was was one thing. We expected to go and have an hour and a half, maybe a two hour tour. And at the end of five hours uh, or four hours, um, we left. And I had a completely different and enlightened perspective on exactly what prison is. In Louisiana, and how that fits into the larger policy context that we have been having, uh, and it was enlightening for me. And then, if you fast forward over the next four to five to six years, and all of the criminal justice reform that's been happening in the state, was in a completely different uh, perspective on it, having been in that session and having had a chance to go and see firsthand um, what the prison is and what it and what it means, and so in even in that one example, and that's one of many kinds of stories where you know, I had, had studied criminal justice, I had studied um, reentry uh, for a number of years, had written on it, and written policy uh, papers on it, and at the same time, to see it firsthand in that way in our state, in a way that affects our communities directly, was tremendously powerful. And so as I think about policy now in my professional context, and one of the, the projects that I've had was the Criminal Justice Council here in, uh, in the city, that helped me how I think about and approach that work was because of that experience that we had in Norley, which I don't know that, that we certainly wouldn't have been able to have it in that way. Uh, and so for me, it, it even, even today continues the, the benefits of, of being in the program then continues to, and uh, to I suspect that that's true for, for a lot of folks uh, in our class and in other classes.
0: That's a great story. And, and I appreciate you sharing it. I think the amazing thing is that that's not singular to you. No, you know, no, ultimately, it's, not. it's We not. have, we have people who are there who are open-minded and who just want to learn and grow. Well, thank you so much for your time. Any final thoughts? No, the,
1: the only thing that I would say is uh, for those of you who are looking to hang out and meet some pretty cool people and expand your brain, uh, smile a lot, laugh often involuntarily, and to encounter multiple consecutive opportunities to say, wow, I didn't know that. Um, I'm glad that I do now. If you're looking for that kind of thing, uh, then I would strongly suggest that you consider applying to Norley. It's a great community, um, and
0: we hope that one day you'll be able to join us. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you, Eric, so much for uh, joining us today. And thank you for all the work that you do. Thank
1: you. And thank you, of course, for everything that you're doing uh, for Norley, for our community. It's, it's of the highest caliber and we appreciate it.
0: Thank you, Eric. I appreciate it. For anyone uh, who would like more information, you can certainly visit uh, our website. It's www.norley.org. And additionally, we have uh, several other podcast episodes at norleypodcast.com for you to check out. Thank you for listening to Leadership Dialogues. We'd like to thank our annual sponsors who support help make Norley programs available in the greater New Orleans region. Our pinnacle sponsor is Entergy. Our legacy of leadership sponsor is Atmos. Our support sponsors are Jones Walker and Gamble Communications. Our stakeholder sponsors are Iberia Bank, Metairie Bank, the Miro Foundation, the Port of New Orleans, and Home Bank and I recognize partner is Greater New Orleans Inc.